Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video. Here's how leadership skills can help you parent better. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode. Today I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, Here's How Leadership Skills Can Help You Parent Better. People know that good leadership includes clarifying your values, talking to stakeholders, and sharing a vision. All of that also makes a great parent, and there's no reason to leave it in the workplace, says Stuart Friedman and Alyssa Westring, co-authors of Parents Who Lead. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. You know, nobody nobody wants to see themselves as the parent that is just nitpicking and totally obsessed with logistics and keeping track of everything. That's That's not why we had kids, right? We didn't have kids to annoy them all day. People know what good leadership looks like. It's clarifying your values. It's having conversations with stakeholders about what's important. It's having a vision. All of that stuff makes a great parent. And there's no reason to leave it in the workplace. We're trained to be good leaders at work because everybody talks about that. And then we go home and we act like these annoying micromanagers that we would never want to work for, bossing our kids and telling them, you have to do this, you have to do this, you're not doing this right. It's kind of akin to, you know, command and control management. Just do what I say and don't question me. That's, a, that's how a lot of parents treat their kids. We know that our bosses wouldn't act like that. We wouldn't want our bosses to act like that. We know now in the modern era that that's not the best leadership model for most situations. You gain a lot more engagement and better results as a leader in the workplace when you help people understand why we're doing what we're doing together, values and vision, And then you hear from your people as to what it is that they want to contribute and what they need to be able to do that well. In other words, you ask and you listen. So I don't know about you, but as I was listening to this opening clip, the entire time I'm thinking, they're right. These are the types of characteristics we want to see in good leadership at work. And they're right that, yes, these are the same types of principles that can lead to good parenting though I'm not quite as sure I'm not quite sure that I'm as ready as they are to say that it's a given uh, that this is the way it happens at work. Uh, in fact, I think we all know that so many leaders in the workplace uh, use command and control models and they they try to assert their authority over other people and get compliance um, rather than commitment and they're not very good at sharing their 
their values and their vision and so on and so forth. So everything they said, absolutely, yes, uh, it should be happening in the workforce uh, with your leaders. You should be trying to lead that way. And that can transfer over into how we interact with our kids at home, especially as our kids get older. I think that's absolutely true. And that's something I've seen in my own family. You know, I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows by now that I've been married for 18 and a half years. I have six children, ages seven to 17, and uh, it's it's a fun adventure. And I think there are there's a, a bunch of crossovers between home life and work life and interpersonal relationships with our family, as well as with our colleagues. And I, I don't think it should be that surprising. But let's not forget, and I, one thing I want you to consider as we're going through this episode and looking at all these different clips, I don't want you to forget that everything they're saying we should try to do as parents, uh, it, it means we actually do need to be doing those same things as leaders in organizations. And unfortunately, a lot of times those things aren't happening in our organizations. It's really important to connect with why you became a parent in the first place. Why did you do this? Right? The planet doesn't need necessarily need more people. Well, now that you are a parent, now, why are you a parent? What does it mean for you to be a parent? How does being a parent affect who you are in your work life? How you see yourself in the world? How you see yourself in private? Connecting with those fundamentals of why you became a parent recenters you because without that sort of mindset, you're still in that mode of micromanagement and logistics and coordination. I think it's a great question, really, in all aspects of our lives. You know, why? What's our why? Why am I a parent? Why did I get married at the age of 23? Why did I have my first child a year and a half later? Why do I have six children now? What was my vision for my family? What's the purpose and the meaning that I derive from it? Uh, and why, why did I do all of this? That's a really great question, and we should be asking that um, to ourselves. But let's also not forget that it applies to other aspects of our life, too. And we should also consider, why are we leaders? Why did I take on these responsibilities at work? Why am I a manager? Why am I an executive? Why did I choose to do this? Uh, rather than, you know, take another, uh, a different career path. And there's trade-offs to everything. And so, you know, when, when we decide to, to take the leap and get into leadership, um, there are innate challenges in relation to that, that frankly, I mean, you can sidestep a lot of the drama, a lot of the issues, the bureaucracy, the politics, mm -hmm. a lot of the beating your head against the wall stuff that happens in organizations that the average worker doesn't necessarily have to be enmeshed in day in and day out, but supervisors, managers, and leaders usually do. So it, it's a good thing to remind yourself, why? Why are you doing this? Why did you get involved with leadership in the first place? If we can reconnect to our why, then I think we can stay more uh, aligned, more grounded, and our motivation can be more pure and more sustainable as we as we move forward, you know, trying to make a difference in our sphere of influence. Prepare for and undertake what we call stakeholder dialogues, starting with your kids. And of course, it's a very different conversation if your child is three than if she's 30 uh, or 13. When my kids were much younger, we decided to come up with our family values. And 
I think we ended up on the words kindness, fairness, and fun. And at that age, fairness means is very simple, right? You get one, your brother gets one. And as my kids are growing older, we're revisiting that concept of fairness. So now at their ages as eight and 10, we can say fairness doesn't always mean that everybody gets exactly the same thing. And we can use that, that idea that's been in our sort of repertoire of in our vocabulary since they were really little, and it can evolve. But it's not coming to my kids as a shock to know what our family values are. I think the idea of transferring stakeholder dialogues from the workplace into a home setting is a great idea. Now, obviously, we we don't need to be as formal as we would, you know, an, an employee conversation, a performance conversation or a mentoring conversation at work. That would be strange and, and probably weird and inappropriate at home with our children. Uh, but, you know, we can be age appropriate and we can have those same types of conversations with our kids. And ultimately, as, as was mentioned, just, just listen to what they have to say uh, genuinely and authentically, uh, sincerely, you know, pay attention and, and let them know that you really do want to know uh, what their perspective is. And then together as a family, to be able to clarify your values, your underlying core values as a family and your vision as a family of what you want to accomplish together, that's powerful stuff. And it's exactly what we try to do in our teams and in the workplace. Uh, again, as I mentioned in the first clip, you know, we shouldn't just assume this is already happening in the workplace because we know so many teams and organizations mm -hmm. uh, may espouse, they may say certain values, but they don't actually do them. That doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. Uh, but let's, let's remember that we need to do this in the workplace as well, but let's apply it at home. Uh, I, I think it's, it's wholly appropriate for us to have those teaching moments and, and the wholesome uh, time spent with our children where, where, you know, there's no agenda. I don't necessarily get anything in particular out of them, but I listen and I, and I show that I care and I show that I value my time with them. And together we can start to understand each other and our, our, our similar values. And as your kids get older and older, these conversations can be a little bit more formal and, and you might even have more structured kinds of dialogues and mentoring and coaching, you know, around career and school and things like that, that are, are going to be important to your children. Maybe you need to talk about financial literacy issues or you, they need help buying their first car or setting up insurance or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, all these types of things, these are teachable moments. And if we just listen to our kids, it can provide a, a really tremendous opportunity to, to, to uh, expand our relationship, to develop trust, and ultimately uh, to be someone that your kids will turn to when they have difficult times. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, the Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? 
What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. When you're asking kids what they need, it isn't about now they're the boss and you have to do whatever they want. What I need is more screen time and candy and pizza. Uh, well, all right, let's talk about what that means and how that fits with the kind, of, the kind of family we're trying to become and why that's a good thing for you as well as for me. But it is about them giving them a sense that they have a voice in the family and that they can have some input. But when they tell you what they need, and let's say they do want, they say, I need more time on TV. What do you say to that? Well, now it's opening a door to you sharing your values and how they might conflict with that, or how you can incorporate TV into your family in a way that matches everyone's values. You know, in my own family, we have time where we watch TV together and we find a show that all of us like, and we can bond over it and talk about Survivor as our show. Um, what would you do in this situation? What skills do you need? How would you have handled this social situation? And that's really different than two kids with headphones on sitting on their tablets. Kids respond generally pretty well. Uh, they want to be heard. They want to have a voice. They want to feel like they're a part of the future together and that they have a sense of um, being appreciated for the ideas that they have and the needs that they have. Asking your children what they need can be quite the empowering conversation and open the door to lots of really great discussions around values and priorities. And let's not forget that what they are describing here, they are taking and applying from the workplace. So in an ideal situation, this is exactly what we're doing with our people, with our teams. We need to have regular check-ins, one-on-one opportunities with our team members so that they know that we care about them and we need to ask them this question, what do you need? What do you need to learn? What do you, how, how do you want to develop? What matters to you and why? And ask that why question. And then that's an opportunity for you to explore their values as compared to your values and the teams, you know, the purpose of the team and what you're trying to accomplish. And ultimately it can lead to better understanding. It doesn't mean that you're going to cave to everything that they want. And it doesn't mean that you're going to force everything you want onto them. Uh, there's going to be a balance and you're going to have to figure that out. But ultimately opening up the dialogue and having transparency, it opens the door for more accountability and for shared understanding and for everyone to get connected on those core similar values that everyone believes in and to have that shared meaning, that shared purpose in the team and in the organization. That's what we should be doing at work. And, and it definitely can play out very well with our children if we can just have those sincere, genuine, open conversations with them. There's always a surprise because you discover 
that、uh, the way your kids see you is different than how you thought they see you, and you learn some new things about what they really need. We had one great.、Um, Family that we worked with. It was a single dad, and he asked his son. The boy was around six. What do you need for me? What do you want from me? And he said, "I want you to teach me stuff." His son wanted to learn a new skill. I want to learn from you. And the dad was like, his mind was blown, and he was like, "Okay, what do you want to learn?" And the son said, "I want to learn to vacuum." That was a surprise. <laughs> It's something that he'd seen、uh, being done, like it was. Take care of something in the house. Wow, you want to learn how to vacuum? Okay,、uh, father never thought about that before, but it turned out to be a great project for them to work on that. It was such a small moment to say, "Here's what I want our relationship to look like. Here's what I need from you." And in general, the couples that we work with, the people we work with, are really surprised by the answers that they get and how thoughtful they are. Um, I think a lot of us go into this expecting the kids to say, "I need more presents. I need more junk food," and the answers are much、um, deeper and much more clear. Things like, "I need you to put away your phone when you're talking to me.、Um, I need you to be here. I need you to listen to my problems. I need you to give me advice. I need you to support me in this way or not criticize this."、Um, you know, at all age ranges, the answers are pretty profound. Have you ever experienced that kind of a surprise with your children? Have you ever had that open, authentic conversation with them, just listening to them, trying to meet their needs, asking them what they need, what they want, what's important to them? Oftentimes, they will give you quite interesting and sometimes even profound, but certainly often surprising answers to those types of questions. And sometimes, yes, they're going to want more candy. Yes, they're going to want more screen time. Yes, they're going to want. You know this, that, or the other thing, but a lot of times they really just want time with you, or they want to learn something new, or they want to to develop some new talent or skill. And unless we take the opportunity to just talk with them about what they need and why, then we're not going to be able to uncover that. And that's exactly the same thing that should be happening in the workplace. That if we just ask our people what they need, we might be surprised. With what they say, if we just ask and actually listen and pay attention, they might actually tell us what they need, and we might be surprised by what they say. And and it may turn out that it's something that we absolutely can help with, and that we absolutely can support them in. And it may be something that we would have never thought of ourselves. And just because we came up along a certain path, we we often project that onto others, and we think, well, I did it this way, so they should want to do it that way too. And that's just not the way it works. A lot of times, everyone has their own unique path and journey, both in life in general, but also in their careers. And so, bottom line is, we will usually be surprised when we just ask our people what they need and how we can support them. You know, on its surface, it might seem like you're dehumanizing or perhaps objectifying, you know, the the the, the work that is family life. But that's not typically what happens. The groundwork is in let's get to know each other better and what we really care about and trying to do and what we are trying to do here together, and to see where we are not doing as well as we can, and, and to communicate about how we can take our current reality with a clearer view of it and make it better, which is, after all, the work of leadership.
pretty much everything he says in this last clip could apply equally well to families or to workplace contexts. And I, I think it's just so important that we remember, whether it's in our personal family relationships, our friend group relationships, or it's with our coworkers and our boss and our subordinates at work, that we always remember the importance of treating people with dignity and respect and helping them to feel heard, helping them to feel listened to, and that they have a chance to contribute and share their, their insights, their input into what is valued, what is important. When we do that, whether it's at home or with our friend group or at work, in our communities, at the school, wherever, if, if we can do that, then we generate buy-in. We generate collaborative support towards shared values and a shared mission and purpose that will help us to achieve. And inevitably, during those conversations, we're going to have the opportunity to also discuss things that aren't going so well so that we can improve. And ultimately, isn't that what we want in every aspect of our life? Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.